All right, here we are for another edition of Designated for Assignment, Josh Goldberg, and we are in the final week of the Major League Baseball season, and the Blue Jays are in really good shape to make the playoffs. At this point, you know, I I won't count my chickens before they hatch, but uh, it would take something, you know, beyond comprehension, I, I would say, for them not to make the playoffs. They're 87 and 69 I would say they, I think Fangraphs has them to make the playoffs at like 98% or so. Uh, The weekend went really well. I think the hope was that uh, one of Seattle or Texas would get a sweep. And that's exactly what happened as Texas swept Seattle. And then the Astros getting swept at home by the Royals and dropping five of six to the Royals over the last week or so. And they lost a series at home uh, to the A's. They're in big trouble now, I would say, to make the playoffs. They were in the driver's seat to win the division. And now it's far from a guarantee that they're going to make the playoffs. It looks like Texas is going to win the West. The Jays have a full two-game lead over Houston, who they own the tiebreaker over. And they're two and a half up on Seattle, who they do not own the tiebreaker over. But um, Seattle's got a tough schedule. They're playing Houston and Texas. It's all at home, but they really struggled uh, over the weekend in in Texas to lose all three of those games. And the Blue Jays played really solid overall baseball. They did more than enough to be very competitive and win those games. And you could argue they could have swept that ball game. Maybe we'll dive in a little bit on, on what happened on Saturday and some of the decision-making that uh, certainly I think if you ask a lot of people contributed to, if not was the outright cause of the loss on Saturday, but um, they hit four home runs on Sunday. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. hit two. Um, it's his first multi-home run game since he hit three against the Yankees in April of 2022. And it's really interesting that you look at that because that was his last really big moment where it was like, oh yeah, this is this is what we're talking about here. This is one of the best players in baseball one of the best hitters in baseball was early in the 2022 season coming off of what he did in 2021 obviously the 48 home runs the runner-up finish to Otani in the MVP vote and that was one of those oh yeah this is what this level of talent does and then ever since then it just wasn't quite there um he just wasn't able to find consistently that level again and to go more than a calendar year um and more than a full season worth of games without a multi-home run game i think speaks to some of the issues that have cropped up um in terms of his offensive production but the two home runs that he hit on sunday i think really are a good barometer of what he is capable of right hitting a, a monster blast to dead center field I think it was a hit 112 off the bat and 420 plus feet. And then the home run that he hit, the second home run that he hit, pulling the hands in and hitting just a a frozen rope to left field. Great bat flip. That's what we're talking about. Getting the hands in like that and driving the ball with authority to the pull side. And unfortunately, it hasn't happened quite enough um, really all season long, but all you need is to just get hot at the right time of the season. And I talked about this last week. Nobody's going to remember 
the vast majority of your year if you're able to have a strong finish and for the Blue Jays' sake and for fans' sake, um, a, a strong close to the season. And he's definitely showing some good signs of late. You look at his numbers in September, he's only hitting 260, but he's got a, about a 900 OPS. He has six home runs in 21 games this month. He's only struck out nine times in 77 at-bats, 14 walks. That's that's more along the lines, I think, of what you would hope for. Um, uh, George Springer had a good day as well. We'll get into that. Uh, Bo hit a home run. He's still scuffling on the hole. Um, but Vladdy finding some other level closer to what I think has always been expected from him and what he's showcased over large stretches of his career, unfortunately not enough over the last couple of years, could be a real difference maker for the Blue Jays here as like it's going to be challenging here down the stretch. You're seeing Garrett Cole. You're seeing Michael King again. You aren't going to see Glass now who got or Zach Eflin, who are both pitching in the series before, I believe, against the Red Sox for the race. So that's certainly a, a good break. And I think at this point, it's probably more likely than not that the Blue Jays end up with the second wild card spot, which for all intents and purposes is going to mean a trip to Tropicana Field again for three games against the Rays. And yeah, I'd be lying if I said that was the most ideal situation in the world. But I look at the Rays and they have some serious problems right now. Randy Rosarena is hurt. Uh, obviously, they've been without some of their major players of late. Brandon Lau's essentially done for the season with a knee injury. Luke Rayley also likely done for the season or certainly um, that's that wild card series, if that's how it ends up happening with a neck injury, they're missing some major players. There's still guys in that lineup. Paredes has 30 home runs. Uh, Jose Siri has 25 home runs. Yandi is obviously a monster. He's got some of the best uh, on base skills, I would say, in the league. Josh Lowe burned them on Saturday. There's still plenty of talent, but I don't know. Aside from just the fact that it's the Rays and it's the Trop. I don't think you should look at that series and just be like, oh, well, the Jays are are dead and they have absolutely no chance. I, I just don't necessarily subscribe to that. I'm putting the cart before the horse. We're not there yet. But I think that the series that we saw unfold over the weekend is a good indication that the Jays aren't out of their league or out of their depth against the race. It's not some mismatch where you would look at and say, oh, yeah, the Jays are just completely outclassed or they have no chance. If they play up to their capability, stop me if you've heard that before. We've basically been saying that really all season long. Then they can beat anyone and they can certainly beat the Rays. And I'm inclined to look at it from that perspective. They're playing much better baseball of late uh, on on all levels. And, And it's led to they're on a good run against the American League East. We remember the situation that they found themselves in. I think they were like 12 and 23, uh, 12 and 25, I want to say at a point in the uh, in the division. And they've really improved um, of late. They're 19 and 27 now. So I guess they've won seven of nine in terms of division games. I guess they've won three straight series against AL East opponents. And I sat here a couple of weeks ago and said, 
the Blue Jays are going to make the playoffs or not miss the playoffs. And it's going to come down to what they do against teams in the division. And if they play better against the teams in the division, they're going to make the playoffs. And so far through nine of the 15 games, I guess, in that last stretch where they were exclusively playing American League East teams, uh, they've they've taken care of business. There's no getting around it. They've really done good work. And kudos to them. Resilient. After a lot of teams would have or could have folded up and just basically shriveled up and not rallied back after the way that that series against Texas went. And they've won seven of nine since then. And they've played much better and uh, much more consistently. They're hitting with runners in scoring position of late. Their batting average in all situations with runners in scoring position has largely been very good. Two outs with runners in scoring position, largely very good. And those are all positive signs going into the playoffs. You're going to need games where you can string together some hits, but Sunday's game where you hit four home runs, you're going to need that in the playoffs. It's the great equalizer. You hear all sorts of players over the years talk about what is key in the postseason is drawing a walk and then hitting a two run home run or, or a big blow with a couple of guys on base or even just a solo home run. You need some of those easier runs where you're not relying on stringing together three or four hits because hits are just at a premium in the postseason. I don't think you're going to see that many games where you're racking up 12 or 13 hits because you look at the way that pitching staffs are aligned. You're seeing the cream of the crop for most teams. Um, And managers are very liberal about deploying their respective bullpens. You're going to see the best relievers earlier in ball games, and they're going to be pushed out um, more. It's just going to be more aggressive and you're going to face the best of the best and the ability to come up with a big swing and hit a home run in an important spot would be very beneficial for not just the Blue Jays, but for any team looking to have success in the postseason. So George Springer on Sunday hit the inside the park home run the whole weekend. I, there is, like I said, I tweeted this. There is just something about Tropicana Field that just Im- invites weird and wacky and chaotic plays. And there was a bunch of that, a weird, a lot of weird bounces. And historically, it seemed like the Blue Jays have had that go against them when playing in Tampa Bay. But at least for one weekend, they had more of the, I don't know if I want to go as far as to call it luck, but they had some of those breaks and some of those bounces go their their way. And he did a nice job, Springer. Um, Yeah, he only had the one hit. And on Saturday as well, he had a two-run double that got the Blue Jays on the board. Still, it wasn't, I think he went one for six in that game, but big hits is what you're looking for from George Springer. If he's not going to have three or four hits, if he has one, but it's in a big situation, he hits a big home run, he comes up with the runners in scoring position, uh, you'll take that. And more than anything, I've been really impressed by his defense this year. You look at some of the metrics in terms of outs above average, he's in the 69th percentile, which is fine for a 34-year-old outfielder. Uh, he's got a, a pretty decent arm out there, but more than anything, I've counted or lost track, honestly, of the number of really impressive plays he's made defensively, diving, showing range. Sometimes it's because maybe he's gotten a bad read on a ball or a bad jump on a ball, and then he has to 
compensate and make a diving play to cover up that fact. But he's made a lot of really good plays. He made a great play on Sunday, a diving play when I think the game might have been five to two and it kept a run off the board. And he has that penchant for coming up big and important spots, whether it's obviously at the plate. We know what his history is in in big moments. And then defensively this year, yeah, this, the numbers are not great on the season, 735 OPS. You'd like more than that. He's going to play 150 games for only the second time in his career. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. It's the most games he's played since 2016. Yeah, the, you, w- you would like better numbers overall, but first 2020 season of his career, 21 home runs, 20 stolen bases. The season-long numbers are what they are. You, you'd hope for a bit more, but I'm never going to be that upset with 2020 and threatening on 90 runs scored and uh, approaching 25 doubles. It, it's been a little inconsistent at times, but I, I wouldn't look at it and say that, oh yeah, he's had a bad year by by any means. He's had a fine year, I, I think overall. And if they get into the playoffs, he's set up very nicely to be in a position to do what he does best at the most important time of the year and have a run that I think the this is what the Blue Jays really paid him for is to make big plays in September and ideally in October. And he's done some of that so far in September. And you just have to hope that uh, obviously that continues moving forward. Uh, it sounds like Brandon Belt is close to coming back. I don't know the minor league season. I, I think it might be over or, or it's certainly close to over, if not over. And uh, like he's not going to get into game action there. They're trying to figure out how they're going to get him in. I'm always a little bit skeptical about a mid thirties individual with a recurring back issue. But if he's back, you're getting him back in the lineup. I'm not taking Kevin Biggio out. I understand he went 0 for 5 on Sunday. I think he struck out three times, but I'm finding a way to keep him in, especially against right-handed pitching, whether it's um, at second base, whether you have him in an outfield spot, what have you. I'm I'm trying to find a way to keep him in. I, Whit Merrifield had a, a nice hit on Sunday, two-run single, and he's obviously had a ton of success in his career at Tropicana Field, but I'm not married to having him in the lineup against right-handed pitching with the way that Biggio's played. I'm inclined to find a way to keep him in. So belt at first and or DH against righties, obviously Vladdy's in there and Biggio's in there for me until he really cools off and then I might recalibrate. But right now I would say that uh, I want him in here, in there. And that I would say comes at the expense of Davis Schneider, who unfortunately has really cooled off, probably not that surprisingly. And he sat out a couple of times on the weekend. He only played one of the three games. I believe he's in an 0 for 30 rut over his last eight games. He sat out three times in the last five. The swing and miss has obviously been a problem. And you knew that something like this was probably going to happen. You're not going to OPS at 1,300 or whatever it was. 41 strikeouts and 111 at-bats. He does have 20 walks. His eye is still, to me, largely pretty good. But if he's not going to perform, he's not going to play. And 
if the Blue Jays do make the playoffs, his contributions and other guys uh, from the Bison, Spencer Horowitz had some moments. Ernie Clement obviously had some moments. Cam Eden uh, stole a base or scored a scored a big run uh, over the weekend. He has contributed, but and and now won't be lost. You'll look at it and say, well, the Blue Jays wouldn't have made the playoffs without David Schneider, but. He's got seven hits in his last 52 at-bats. And if you're not performing at this time of the year, no matter what you did in the recent past, you're not going to play. And I don't think you should play. Whether you're a rookie, whether you're an eight-year vet, um, I, I don't think that just because you had a torrid stretch a couple of weeks ago or a month ago or whatever it was, uh, I don't think that that should necessarily just ensure that you're in there. He's been awesome. He's put up almost two wins above replacement in less than 35 games. Like that's huge. That's a huge, huge difference maker from an unexpected source down the stretch. But right now, I just don't think that they're at his, their best with him in the lineup. And I think with belts, ideally coming back sometime this week maybe it's as soon as Tuesday I think it's he's probably going to only be in there if the Blue Jays see a left-handed pitcher which I don't know if they're going to down the stretch I haven't closely looked at the pitching matchups but I I would be surprised if it's more than one if it's one at all so I think it's going to be difficult maybe he's a pinch hit situation against a lefty reliever later in games but I I do think that He's going to be in tough down the stretch here to find much in the way of consistent playing time. There was also Kevin Kiermeyer gave some comments against uh, in that series in New York to the New York Post, and he clarified them. And it was basically just that he's looking at he likes playing in the AL East. He's played in the AL, AL East his whole career, and he mentioned playing on grass. And when you're talking about a 33 he'll be 34 years old in April next year uh 34 year old outfielder soon to be 34 year old outfielder you with a series of injuries especially a major hip injury I'm sure you're looking at all the avenues available to you to maximize the amount of time you have left to play at your best and Kevin Kiermeyer's best is being out there defensively and he's been awesome this year in every way it, it, it couldn't have gone better and you know, he talked about liking playing at Yankee Stadium. He talked about liking playing at Fenway Park. I don't think he's made any determinations. I, I could see a situation in which the Blue Jays entertain the idea of bringing him back. I would still probably look at it, handicap it as less than 50%. I just think that they're probably looking at Dalton Varsho as somebody that they can slide over to center field. And defensively, I don't think you're going to lose that much. If that's the case, uh, Dalton Varsha has been awesome defensively this year, and he's been awesome when he's played center field. Yes, you'd like more um, from him offensively. He had a good day on Sunday, had a couple of hits, had a lefty-on-lefty hit in a big moment, hit a home run over the weekend. Still, it's been a largely futile offensive year. He's got a 670 OPS. But I, I think that if I were putting a percentage on it, I would say Kevin Kiermaier returning next year is like 25%. And maybe he ends up with the Yankees and you can go right back to booing him after one year, one great year. But he has done everything the Blue Jays could have hoped for and more 
this season. He stayed healthy. He's been really productive. He's come up a number of times in big spots with big hits. He's having his best year and most complete year in several years. Um, He's really struggled to stay on the field and he struggled to perform when he's been on the field. You're talking about uh, his best offensive year since 2017 and he's been really good defensively. One of the best defensive players and certainly one of the best outfielders defensively in major league baseball this season. So we'll see what happens there, but uh, it was, it was interesting to see that come up, you know, you're talking about New York press. They're always going to look for an angle, especially when you're talking about a lost season, like the Yankees had, um, they're always going to look to the future and free agency and all all that sort of thing. And I, I could foresee a situation in which, Kevin Kiermeyer is playing for the New York Yankees next season. I think there was some level of interest from them this season. The Dodgers were obviously interested as well before they ended up with Jason Hayward, which has really worked out for them. But uh, Kevin Kiermeyer has a chance to set himself up nicely if he finishes the season strong and does more of the same um, in October. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, as always, I appreciate you listening. We're doing this t- Two times a week, that's the plan now for the remainder of the season in case you're just tuning in. So I'll venture to get one up on Thursday after the Yankee series when uh, that one finishes. They're at home the rest of the week and then the Rays. So I'll try and get one done Sunday or Monday, teeing up what we hope is a postseason series, whether against whether it's against the Twins or the Rays. What, whatever it looks like, I will be here ideally not doing a post-mortem on a collapse and not making the postseason teeing up a playoff series the blue jays have done everything they've needed to do over the last couple of weeks to put themselves in a position to make the postseason they're in good shape we'll see what happens here six games left should be exciting final week of the season six months almost in the book of uh regular season baseball. And uh, this is what it's all about. That's what I said last week. I'll echo it again this week. Uh, Always exciting in September, stressful, all the adjectives you want to throw at it pretty much sums up pennant chase baseball and obviously postseason baseball. Uh, As always, you can find me on Twitter at Goldberg 12 at DFA underscore pod. Please like rate review, comment, subscribe designated for assignment, wherever you find your podcast. I'll be back in a couple of days. Thanks as always for listening. I'm Josh Goldberg. We'll talk to you soon on designated for assignment.